What's up, everybody? Welcome to a special episode of Roll for Damage, a D&D 5th edition live play podcast. But today we are not playing. Uh, we had some scheduling issues, some people doing stuff right around the holidays and all that. But we wanted to make sure we get some content out to you. And we are closing in on the end of our first arc, which is the Lepeth arc. We're coming up on the finale. We didn't want to play that with not everyone here. We wanted to make sure that everyone was here and we could get it done and we could make a good finale for you guys that have been following along there. And after the finale, we're going to be starting up a second arc, a new campaign set on a different place on the world. The world is uh, Dresseria, the uh, brainchild of our DM, his homebrew planet called Dresseria. And uh, today, and the next couple, within the coming weeks, we're going to do some, I think just some background information on Dracera. We're going to let you you guys kind of come into the second arc not being completely uh, in the dark, you know. Uh, so today we're going to talk about, there are six different kingdoms within uh this hemisphere of Dresseria that we're going to be playing in seven different kingdoms i'm sorry uh we're going to take them one at a time first we're going to talk about uh Brubor, which is the drow kingdom uh in the northwest uh with me today i have of course uh andrew to uh. answer all of our questions uh, i also have reese here uh to ask a lot of questions me and reese are gonna be uh just grilling we're just gonna be grilling the dm we're gonna run some questions about brewbor past him and uh, a couple more places and hopefully you guys can uh listen to this and get into the setting and uh when we do start the campaign it'll be you know a little more immersive for you guys you guys will have some background information we won't just be coming into the campaign and referring to Brubor and the Quavier and the Meldrun and Jerrion and all this and that and the other. We'll get into that right now. And you guys will have a little bit of idea of what the fuck we're talking about. So probably put them on the maps too. Like yes, we are going to uh, hopefully hopefully this week get all these maps out to you guys that show what we're talking about. So uh, if you go to rollfordamage.squarespace.com, Andrew is going to post all these maps. You guys can check it out, you know, while you're listening to the podcast, having a little cup of tea, whatever, eating dinner. Uh, don't do it at work. You'll probably get fired. Um, but that's somewhere the maps will be. You guys can check it out. And we're going to get right into it. We're going to get into the uh, Kingdom of Brubor. Uh, in the northwest corner, uh, it seems we have we have three prominent uh, cities here. We have the Quavir Dynasty, um, we have the Runel Kingdom, and we have Meldrin Hall. Uh, Andrew, go ahead and just uh, give us just a little bit of background, uh, just surface level stuff on each one of those, if you want. We can start with the Quavir Dynasty. Uh, who who is the Quavir Dynasty? The Quavier Dynasty is about a 3,500 to 37-year-old 100 empire. 
of drought. So like the Quavier, the reason why it's called the Quavier Dynasty is because there was a house that came from the Underdark and wanted to, you know, start a political power. And they did exactly that. Over the last 3,700 years, they've brought other houses from the Underdark or underground to up to the surface. And they've adapted to, you know, sunlight, just like rules is written in the book the drow has sensitivity to sunlight giving them disadvantage on perception checks in the sunlight and disadvantages in combat but the drow in this hemisphere now being on the surface for you know damn near four thousand years they're now just like a high elf walking around or a human walking around they have no problem with sunlight just a very uh po prominent political and uh military power um Meldrun Hall is the doors of this continent. Uh Meldrun was, you know, just another dwarf who it's just he had a village and then he expanded it. He built the hall they say by himself, or that's what the stories say. And he made a very uh big city for doors to live on and not fear being attacked by other races and stuff like that. Uh he's also built one of the largest forges or someone built one of the largest forges on the map and they're renowned for their resources for the jewels that they find from the mountains a little bit more north to their city you know if you have a, a if you have if you have need of a diamond they you know you're going to find a diamond there no problem and the runnell kingdom is fairly new it's about 1500 years old 1400 years old and new being 1500 years is pretty crazy but when you compare the ages to meldruin and the quavier dynasty the runnell kingdom's definitely the newest on this continent the continent uh it's a kingdom of genasi and humans mostly there's like you know a 90 percent genasi to 10 percent human rate going on and genasi are a race of water air fire or earth humanoids that you know depending on the lineage can descend from genies or just magical moments that happen within the weave of magic where they come out with a, a genasi and that's the three prominent like kingdoms on the continent so yeah you got drow you got dwarves you got genasi um they get along they get along on this continent yeah, the Quavier Dynasty definitely just tolerates the Runnell Kingdom because they're new. They're kind of giving them a shot, like, all right, let's see what these guys got, you know, like, they don't share a wall or anything. They just share a border. They share a road. And so far, so good. The last 1,500 years has been pretty smooth, you know. The Runnell Kingdom recognizes the power of the Quavier Dynasty, and the Quavier Dynasty recognizes the new magic of the Genasi people. And then to the north, the dwarves, and the Quavier are definitely, I would compare them to twin brothers. You know, one of them does something cool. The other one does something just equally as cool. And they get along. They, you know, sometimes a little ticky tacky. Maybe the doors push too far into the Rutmouth Woods. And the Quavier don't tolerate that. And they let Meldrun know, you know, by force or by letter. Like, hey, this is too much. You're going too far. We don't appreciate this. And Meldruin will either respond in kind physically or by a letter, you know, it's just, uh, they seem to get along at the same time and not get along at 
the exact same time. Uh, up until now, I didn't even think about this, but uh, there's a set of woods in between the walls of the Quavier and Meldrin Hall. Uh, kind of like a DMZ between North and South Korea, and this map is almost kind of shaped like Korea, so... Uh, I didn't even mean to do that, to be honest. <laughs> okay, yeah, this, I, was, this... I was just going to ask you if that was on purpose or not. Uh, yeah, seemingly by the two races, they are like, this is a big-ass wood, you know, it's like 300 miles long, so there's quite a bit of a gap in between the two different uh, cities, and it's just, it serves as a, uh, you know, we're on this side, you're on this side, kind of thing. Alright. Isn't there a wall there as well? Yeah, there's two walls. On the Quavier side, you have their wall. And then on the Meldrin wall or Meldrin side, they have a wall. So even if you get through the Rutmouth Woods, 300 miles of forest, you got a big wall to answer to. I was thinking about uh, Vizar's wall, I guess. Oh, Vizar's wall. Oh, yeah. They aren't related, but that's, you know, a good question. You have... Uh, Dadar's wall and Vizar's wall and these kind of went up at the same time this is when the Meldrin Hall and the Quavier Dynasty got along and to the north is kind of like Game of Thrones a little bit, don't sue us it's just a cool idea there's stuff to the north that neither race wanted to deal with and so they would help each other out with the wall building, you know the aesthetic you can see you know, on the map that the Dorvan wall is a little bit more thick, dirty, taller, and Vizier's wall is surrounded by woods and a little bit more darker, maybe a little bit cooler looking in my opinion, but they definitely helped each other out, and when there's a threat to the north, these two races or these two cities help each other. You know, Meldruin will send warriors to Vizier's wall to help with, you know, an incoming threat that, you know, they're aware of, and it's the same thing. The Drow will send help over to Dadir's wall if there's a threat incoming from the Storm King to the north. I like this. I like this continent. There's, see, there's a lot of potential here for conflict and there's just there's a lot of stuff going on here. There's a, like we could spend a long time. I think we could spend a long time on Brubor and be really happy with how much we've gotten done type deal. Oh, absolutely. There's uh, so much to do. Yeah, and that's conflict in other places too, though. Yeah, there's yeah. definitely conflict in other places, but I think just the way Brubor set up, how you got the Storm King at the top, which is a storm giant, uh, and his fucking cronies interacting with the rest of the continent is fine. Then you have the dwarves and the drow interacting with each other and the Storm King, and you got uh. There's just a, there's a lot of things. There's a there's a dragon bone lake. Dragon bones. Uh, it looks like there's dragon bones in the lake. So I mean, yes, that's that not is, just something you see fucking every it's day. It's not something either. you see every day. And as far as uh, uh, what are they called? Like uh, people who dig in the dirt, geologists, Ar archaeologists, archaeologists from the Runel Kingdom and from the Quavier Dynasty. This is one of the largest skeletons that have been found to date of a dragon so that's just a fun fact for you guys as players and as listeners you know if you guys go to dragon bone lake you know one claw or run rib cage is massive it's 
It's very large. I'll take it either way. I'm, I'll, I'll strap it to my back. It's 18 feet tall. It's fine. I'll yeah, fucking jerk her out of there. Bag of holding it for sure. There you go. <laughs> uh, it looks like there's a, a lot of harbors. It seems like this is a big trade destination. Uh, yes. You got two harbors from the Quavir. You got one big harbor from Runel. And you got, it looks like just a bunch of little harbors for Mel Meldrin's Hall. Uh, so it seems like they, there's a lot of uh, capital. Trade? Yeah, like trade powers up here as well. They could It could be fun seeing how they interact with the other uh, kingdoms and stuff. You know, it seems like there's a lot to be done. There's a lot of things going on here. Yeah, I mean, just by harbors and how many ships there are in this hemisphere, any player or DM that, you know, would run it, you could make an entire sea campaign and you guys are sailors or you guys are pirates and there's enough to do in so many harbors everywhere else, including this map, it'd be no problem. Yeah. It's, there's a lot of stuff going on. And the trade opportunity is huge. So, uh, what do you what do you see, Reese? Give me give me one thing that catches your eye on Brewbor that you think that you like the most that stands out. What do you what are the what do you see? Um, that peaks peaks your interest as a player. I guess besides the walls, the I was gonna ask about the Storm King, but maybe that's a secret for when we're actually playing. But it just seems. No, dude, ask away. You guys there. are players. You guys don't metagame. Yeah. Ask whatever you yeah. want. The Storm King, like, is is in the area, for people that aren't looking at the map, the Storm King is situa situated in the area past where, where uh, the Meldrons and the uh, Quavars won't go. It's yeah. To the north. It, it's so. like a barren landscape to the north. Yeah, yeah. and it yeah. looks yeah. barren. And you guys see, like, you see the holes. Those are actually trees. I'm oh, just a very poor you. illustrator. There's there's woods there. Uh, the Storm King is a storm giant. He's about 900 years old, which I don't know if that follows rules as written. I kind of don't give a shit. I just thought it we, would be uh, really cool yeah. to put a Storm King up there. Also, we might want to preface all of this by saying that uh, rules as written uh, can eat uh, our ass. Uh this whole thing is rules as written according to Andrew, because that's who's running it. And if you want rules as written, you just ask your DM. Cause exactly. You can do rules as written all you want, but end of the day, what the DM says goes. Yeah, so, Reese, I interrupted you. What was your question about the Storm King or the North? Why is he not, like, afraid? Is, is he what they're afraid of, or he just isn't afraid of what the kingdoms are afraid of? Hmm yes <laughs> perfect uh you know if if you see a storm king in his you know his his storm giant army and i say that in very big quotations because i don't even know how big the army is yet because i don't want to make something on the map and then you guys are like yeah oh. we're not going to interact with that yeah. that's cool and then i'm like well cool now i got five lieutenants that are just <laughs> in the garbage so, yeah, uh, Meldruin and the Quavir Dynasty are just as scared of Jerrion, the Storm King, as they are of the other beast that is to the north. You know, uh, mythologically, or myth-speaking, or story-speaking, 
you know, there's rumored to be an ancient white dragon to the north that they just have, they don't want a part of it. Would you, you know, you don't want a, an ancient white dragon coming down and just on your neck. So they're scared of that. There's uh, monstrosities. There's ancient ruins to the north that they just don't deal with. Maybe very, you know, maybe a team of four, uh, excuse me, go out to the north and explore the ancient ruins or they try to see where the dragon is so they can tell their respective uh, country where it's at so they know to not go there or to, you know, if it's getting close and stuff like that. And then, like I said, with Jerrion, he's a storm giant and you kind of don't want that guy knocking at your door. So to your answer, they're scared of everything to the north, including Jerrion. That's very interesting. I didn't even consider that. I thought the walls were just for Jerry, and I just didn't even think about that. That's a that's a good question. Is that's what a it really is. good question. Yeah, that's well thought. Uh, my oh. uh, my other question. Okay. Hell yeah. I guess it's not necessarily. No, I guess it is kind of geography related. Uh, so my upcoming character is gonna be from uh, Aben. Yes, which sir. Is, which is pretty close in proximity to Brubor for the listeners uh is there like i'm gonna say that my character's never been there are there like legends or like would he have heard good or bad about Brubor? i would think it's an equal mix because you know aben is in the middle of everywhere uh literally on the map it's smack dab damn near in the center so, you know, from trades from Zoldry, you know, you hear about the damn drow and what they're doing. Or you hear about the stupid Genasi king is doing something dumb that might be detrimental to the Zoldry. And then, it, you know, you'll hear the same thing from in in the same city because there's a lot of training ports everywhere. In the same city, you'll hear stuff from Brubor about, you know, those damn high elves are just too prissy for their own good or... You know, those damn doors are so stubborn with their prices about jewels, you know. It's a it's an equal mix of good and bad about both. Uh, yeah. Last thing I want to ask about <clears throat> is in the southern tip of Brubor. South of the Runel, Runel Kingdom. You have the false marsh. What makes what is it? What makes it special? What is it? Mm -hmm. There's a lot of answers. Some of them I, I can't tell you guys just as players because I want a shock factor or uh, maybe a a cliffhanger. That's, that's fine. The, that's fine. The false marsh though is very large. It is you know. It makes up the entire southern tip of the continent of Brubor. And it's trippy for adventurers. As listeners, will be like, oh, okay, all right. But then, you know, say someone has true sight or they have a power that lets them see past reality. Or and illusions and stuff. Exactly. The false marsh is exactly that. Uh, you know, it looks like a marsh. It starts out swampy towards the southern tip. I'm just like a... You know, I'm a bad geographer, so it just took the shape of that. At the southern tip, it, you know, it's very watery. But, you know, getting closer to the Rundell Kingdom, it should start, like, feeling more solid as you walk. And the False Marsh makes it so that makes itself, makes 
the ventures think that itself is still a swamp up until you know the solid road next to the runel kingdom it's a very uh i don't want to put it in anyone's head but it's a very wild magic place mm. where my there's some, there's some cool stuff i put in there that you guys will as listeners and players you guys will be like holy shit and then as characters you guys will be like oh shit and there's you know false marsh is very cool mm. gets me excited i like that shit i like shit like that when you fucking do it uh anything else you series i know uh i think cory cory's character is coming from the quavar quavier right somewhere around here yeah somewhere around here so we might we might get a lot of backstory and a lot of fun stuff from this uh from this part of the world his guy being a bard i believe and or a rogue a swashbuckler rogue he's gonna be like a storyteller it's gonna be fun uh and no doubt uh with what you've given us already there's gonna be i'm guessing there's gonna be a lot of stories he's gonna tell us that either way or if he's exaggerating or not probably believe him I believe yeah. he also has his character also has some royal ties. Yeah, within the uh, Quavier. Every well, okay, so I don't know if that's a question, Reese, but I'm just gonna act like it was a question. The it Quavier is dynasty is made up of oh, what was it? There's a lot of like houses. There's a lot of houses in the Quavier dynasty. Uh I I don't know the exact number right now. But the Quavier dynasty by itself makes itself up. There's a bunch of houses that are all vying for political power. You know, there's, oh, I have an eldest son. You have a daughter. Can he marry her? There's a lot of uh, promised marriages within just trying to climb the political structure power of the dynasty. Hmm. Is there like a a high king, though? Is there like one ruling body? There is a ruling body. It and is then... the Quavier. The Quavier is still uh, through, uh, you know, a little bit of incest and uh, just, you know, marrying the next most powerful house, whoever that happens to be. Uh, there's a lot of uh, of that stuff. But the two rulers of the Quavier dynasty right now is King Zessel and Queen Drada Quavier. And... You know, King Zessel can trace his bloodline all the way back to uh, the first uh, Quavier. Hmm. Yeah, I got it right here. There's... There is 35 different houses in Brubor all vying for (laughs) political power. Nice. Yeah, so there's a lot of strings. If you pull one string in the Quavier Empire five more might know that the string was pulled i like that don't like that but i like that as a player i don't like that as someone who likes intrigue in a story i like that yeah quaver dynasty could blow up overnight because someone does something or they won't just because of how strong they are it just depends on the string pulled all right, I think uh, I think that'll wrap it up. I think we touched on just about everything for Brew Boar. Um, I'm guessing the dwarf Meldrin. That's a king king situation as well. Very much so. Yeah, that's what I figured. That seems to be the the dwarven way most fantasy places you go. Yeah, but he's not called king. 
he is the war chief, is what they say oh. in this talk. I like that. All right, we're going to head south to Itrix, the Zoldari realm. Zoldri. Zoldri realm. Sorry. That's fine. So, Itrix is separated from Brubor by, it looks like, a little strait of water, about 50 miles or so. And yeah. uh, on the other side of that strait, in the northern part of Itrix, Itrix is the Zoldri dynasty. It yeah, looks uh, like... Uh, it, it resides in uh, Morinor. Yep. And, I don't know uh, if I sent you guys an updated map, but the city is called Morinor that the Zeldri Empire resides oh, in. Okay. Um, so yeah, let's. I guess that's the biggest thing on this map. So let's just start there. Let's start with the the Zoldri Dynasty. Uh, what is it? Uh, who is it? Uh, how is it? Uh, are they good? Are they bad? Are they mean? Uh, go ahead and uh, give us a little insight into the Zoldri Dynasty. The Zoldri dynasty is very prissy and pampered. So the Zoldri family itself is about 2,500 years old. And, you know, they rose to prominence in the kingdom because before it was kind of just a mess. And then the Zoldri family made it, essentially. You know what I mean? They made the climb to be the powerful family in Morinor. And it doesn't work like the Quavir dynasty does where there's 35 different houses it was just the Zoldri family had you know some of the best leaders some of the best uh warriors some of the best uh magical casters and they rose to prominence and now they rule they've been ruling for a very long time there's only actually been three kings in the Zoldri dynasty or the Zoldri empire because elves lived for a very long time you know not much has changed it's just yeah my grandpa used to rule this and it's like well who is your grandpa and he's like oh the first one and you're like oh okay you know it's uh very uh controlled i get i could say uh it's a bunch of high elves like i said that are very prissy and pampered uh they're also very rich like they have a lot of money within the empire i think that covers most of them except for their biggest flex uh, the biggest flex being, of course, the Traveler. Uh, the Traveler's Road, yeah. It's uh, literally solid gold that is walked on by people. And that was made by the first king of the Zoldri Empire. He was just like, uh, you know, maybe he was just feeling a little rich. And he's like, I want a gold road to, sh to show visitors how rich we really are as a, you know, as an empire. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Didn't uh, not... so hard that we made two gold roads? Yeah, there are two gold roads, yes. Yeah, it gets the a little faint. The Traveler is the bigger one. Yeah, it gets a little faint over to the south, and that's be just because it's more traveled. You know, there's dirt on it, but if you wash the dirt off, it's just as shiny as it is up by the walls of the Zoldri Empire. And one thing I should say is, by old magic, when this was put in, you can go down to the bridge by Thistletop Town where the gold road still exists. And if you wash it off, still is shiny, like I said. 
but there's never been a brick missing from Coast Road or from the Traveler's Road. And that's the old magic that was put in there, is that no one can steal from this road. It's just it's just a fixed in place. That's just a set thing that I did as a DM is no one can steal from the road. I I can see why a DM would make that decision. Uh. Yeah, I don't want my adventures <laughs> going. I'm going to chip out five bricks and then go into <laughs> uh, the Zoldre Empire. Sell these for gold pieces. Exactly. And come back out and get some more. Yeah, you just be loaded. You could do this the entire road. And I was like, nope, old magic. You guys don't know it. You guys never <laughs> heard of it. It just is there. And as a DM to other DMs listening, just say it how it is. And then your players will be like, all right, that's an unfixed thing. So don't be afraid to do that. Yeah, I agree. But you're just down. tell them no sometimes. Sometimes just tell your players no. Uh, I don't do that. And my campaigns usually just spiral out of control. <laughs> Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, back onto Itrix, we have, uh, two big forts down by this bridge to get across a river, and they're right next to Thistletop Town. Uh, the warring border is just over the river. I'm guessing those forts are there to protect the town from whatever these, so, whatever the Zoldry, I'm guessing, are warring with. Uh, on the, the, the guilds of Latoon are very much at each other's throats, but we'll cover that maybe next episode. Uh, the Warring Border is all the guilds uh, coming together in a very limited fashion to try to push their border more towards uh, Itrix because, you know, they're expanding and they need more room. And Thistletop Town was not having it. She's a very tough old lady. And this, this Warring Border has only been going on for about 150 years and thistletop town is ruled by well not ruled it's mayor tagani berry block and when she got there you know it wasn't as put together as it was there wasn't these forts here that have popped up in the last 150 years she told king zoldry like hey we need help and we need help now and you know it just goes to show how respected that she is these forts were put there to help Thistletop fend off of the warring border. And, you know, in Thistletop, it's a it's a fort relatively small compared to everything else. And then there's farmland surrounding it and forest surrounding it. And then closer to the river are more abandoned houses just because of the proximity to the border that is constantly under threat. And then there's like a little like tavern across from Thistletop called Fordway town and it's maybe like a town of like 300 people and it's just this is that's kind of what's going down there is it's a warring border they needed help uh barry block told him to do it and he did and now you know she's fending off with the help of the zoldry empire the uh attacks from the guilds all right all right i like that if you got any uh, questions about that, just let me know. No yep. problem. You have a... There's not a Latoon map in the Discord, by the way. I will upload it right now. Uh, so, now that we're done with the boring part of it, tricks, uh, even though up until now it's been very interesting, I think the western part of it, tricks is where things actually get <laughs> fun. You have 
a lake that's got some cliffs on the western side, the Thundering Highlands. Uh, any particular reason they're called that? Minotaurs or something like that over there? For story purposes, I cannot actually say. Or just, okay. It's a cool name. It's a cool name. We'll just say it's a cool name. That's why you did it. <laughs> I can, uh, a little bit. But then I, you know, did a little DM just diving into what's in the Thundering Highlands. And I was like, this is it. This is dope. Uh, I can't. There's a little town to the west of it. Yeah. Uh, again. Well, not again. It's just a little town so far of what I made. You know, there's like I said, it's just with Jerry and I don't want to go into a bunch of detail and then you guys never go over there. Yeah. So right now it's just a little town. Just a little town on the Thundering Highlands. That's fine. They're just chilling there. Yeah, exactly. Uh, let's talk about the Southern Barbarians. If Hold you want to touch on them. What Maybe they just Is the Thundering Highlands name related to the Magi of the Lake? No, I can, I can, con I can confidently tell you no. All right, I was trying to save the best for last, but Reese touched on it already. Let's talk Maybe. about the giant floating island above the lake. <laughs> giant floating island above the lake, huh? <laughs> we have a floating uh, uh, archipelago of islands. Uh, the Magi of the Lake. I'm guessing that's where they live. Uh, as far as everyone knows, and you guys as players, I don't give a shit about giving you too many details about, uh, what it is and was. It was a city called Arroya, and it took up the entire lake damn near. Like, if you could place, uh, back on, if you could take the city that was and put it back on, this wasn't one big lake. This was three separate lakes. There was a lake a little bit north to the Ooh. northeast to the cold mountains and there's a lake southwest towards the southern barbarian and then straight north there's another lake towards the thundering highlands and you know closer to the uh Zoldry empire oh, but now cool. now because to the uh i have a very big imagination and i watch a lot of stuff i was like how cool would it be to have a floating city that people don't really know about except for the old name like i said it was called arroya and then now it's just in the air with very limited uh travel to and from i'm guessing because it's floating in the air it's very hard i mean <laughs> there's a lot of stuff in the magi of the lake i have written down but i just can't tell you that's but... fine i as a player i really want to explore that and find it out as we go because that it just looks cool on the map it looks it's probably the most interesting piece of this map to me Is, which uh is the city like smaller than it used to be though yeah way smaller okay so like the city used to be uh huge huge yes uh I, i'm gonna give it the atlantis term the lost empire of atlantis is one day the city was thriving and it was there and it was humming with trade and people and then you know the next day in the snap of a finger there's four floating islands with you know very limited buildings on top of the islands that you could see and no one has an answer for it hmm. interesting very interesting that that will my, be fun my character would definitely be pretty interested in that yeah and yeah just by just by approximation like people know that it's very magic up there because it's floating islands yeah, it has to be. It has to be very magic. 
Yeah, Austin, I believe you asked about the Southern Barbarians. Yep, uh, they just look kind of like barbarians from the South. Uh, anything special about the Southern Barbarians you want to... Yeah, they're a tribe of giants and goliaths. Oh, okay. Uh, and uh, we have another Storm King pop up, and Storm King might just be, you know, because Storm King or Storm Giants are the coolest to me. But uh, Roland Thundercrest, he's a, a wise and powerful leader. You know, his tribe never goes hungry, mainly because they just go to off of the map where we haven't explored yet. And he goes and hunts with his tribe. And they're relatively peaceful unless, you know, you fuck with them. And then it's a terrible sight to behold if you are the ones that they messed with. But it's very cool. So far, for what I've written for it, you know, they're a very powerful tribe. Very small, only about 50 members. But still, very cool. Something that I think would be fun if you guys, as characters, went and explored. And they're also very secretive, too. So, Love a good secretive set of people try to get them to tell me all their secrets yeah so then to the south of the lake we got some mountains the, the cold, cold mountains, mountains and we have what looks like another dwarf city Very. in the forge yes this is uh i said in uh Brubor was the second biggest forge in the map here at the forge in the cold mountains this is the biggest map or not biggest map this is the biggest I've made a uh, forge. Probably in Dresaria, this is the biggest forge. This is a city run by dwarves, smithed by dwarves. The cold mountains are mined by the dwarves. It's uh, pretty dwarf heavy, I would say. I think between the forge and the uh, forge up in Brewbore. Uh, there might be some fun quests to make some cool fucking swords or items or something like that. Yeah, I mean, uh, like I said, well, I didn't say, but the Forge actually sold the Zoldry Dynasty the gold for their gold road. So the Zoldry Dynasty got a little bit r- less rich, you know, in quotes, and then they had a gold road. But then the Forge had all this money to expand their little tiny moat island on and they did exactly that you know they mined from the cold mountains more built their city to where the forge is one of the main exports of this hemisphere for weapons and armor except for the masterworks the masterworks are sold to very select uh people maybe uh, a political power or a king or queen but they don't sell their masterworks just willy-nilly. You know, they'll sell regular swords and regular arm, ar- armor to anybody. But, you know, the masterworks that is like maybe uh, a flaming sword, just for an example, you know, that might not just go to the Southern Barbarians, you yeah. know, just because. Or, you know, just any really powerful magic item in a book might not just, you know, it just doesn't go to whoever. It goes to essentially the highest bidder and if it's too powerful they just put it in a case and just you know the king there he kind of just keeps all like you know the exceptionally cool stuff in under lock and key 
Oh, interesting. Very I can tell you a cool myth that I've made up. All right, let's hear it. This is a quote from what I uh, have read about the cold mountains. This, this is what I wrote. The uh, They're great and tall. They stand extending above the clouds. You can't see the tips of them from where you're at unless you guys find a way or adventurers find a way to get above the clouds and see what's going on at the tips. But the myth is it's said that a great golden dragon lives in the peaks and blesses the mountain ranges. And like... Like I said, they uh, mine great jewels, ore veins, platinum veins, making them more rich. But the dwarves are very careful who delves. Like, or they're careful when they delve because if you dig too deep, you might not some find something you like. You know, it's just like curiosity killed the cat almost. Yeah, big big mines of Moria vibe here. Uh, a little bit, yeah. Uh, That's when you the know, dwarves dug you know, uh, too greedily and too deep. Yeah, this is, uh, you know, if you stay too long in the cold mountains, you'll freeze right there in place with whatever tool you're holding was in your grip. And you can see the, the miner's breath literally coming from his lips and, you know, freezing out from him. You know, these are very, you know, if you dig too long, and too deep, something might not happen. Or Ooh. something might happen that you don't like. It's fun. That is very cool. You get yeah. too greedy, stay too long, try to get too much gold, try to take too much. You might die. Some people might think it's worth it. I don't know. Yeah, very true. They're dwarves, so... I, I, I've i rolled some dice, you guys know, from Lepeth, and just from me in general, I leave a lot up to dice. And there's been about 4,800 doors that have died in the cold mountains, yeah. digging too long. That's a lot. It is. You'd think you learn your lesson and be like, I'm getting cold and leave. <laughs> that but is like, a lot of doors. Oh, really I found fun. this really cool diamond. Maybe there's a bigger diamond underneath this one. And, you know, then they die. I got a, I got a question about the cold mountains. I got an answer, probably. Can you hear uh, yourselves? Through this mic, by the way? No. No. Okay. Good. Uh, do, do the people that know, like the the people that go to the cold mountains that are like from cold areas, do they know that it's like a magical cold or it's just like colder than average? I would say a mixture of both because, you know, uh, as, as players, uh, you know, the myth is that a golden dragon blesses them. But then if you go too deep where the blessing isn't there from the golden dragon, it gets cold. It's just like if you dig too far yep. in a cold area, you freeze, whether magic or not. I'm going to leave that for the characters to find out. All right. I didn't mean to sound cryptic if I did. But... That's all right. I like cryptic because then we have something to think about. And the viewers have something to think about along with us. Yeah, I'll answer the viewers all day, no problem. But like, yeah, this is actually what it is. And then they're like, shit, that's dope. But uh, character or PCs, I'll be like, yeah, you, you don't know. And the last the last uh, place of note on Itrix is Darrington. Darrington. Quick little, quick little Darrington uh blurb here and then we'll move on to our next comment. yeah darrington is built in a mountain range just 
not base level on the of the mountain, but actually in the mountain. And it goes by levels in Darrington, you know, you know, on the base, there's, you know, your shops and your uh, poorer people. And then, you know, maybe two and three and four are uh, middle class or smiths that make stuff for them that are there. And then, you know, maybe five, six and seven is the rich class, the nobles of Darrington. And then, you know, eight is like the king of Darrington. I haven't put anything in there too far of like who rules it or what rules it. But it's a very uh, private place because it's high up. And, you know, people have visited and they recall that gnomes and humans live there. And like I said, it's very peaceful just because they are so high up. It's very hard to get to, you know, unless you're an adventurer who has magic access, access or if you're just a very strong person. Like maybe someone from the Southern Barbarians can come and climb up to Darrington because they're a giant or a goliath. But like a human with that's just an average guy, he's gonna have a very hard time getting to Darrington. I like it. I like it. I I think this one has my favorite place in Magi of the Lake mm-hmm. so far. I think that's gonna be my favorite. Uh, we'll see till we get to the other places. Um, Reese, what 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 stands out on? It tricks to you. What is it, what really stood up to you? Really piqued your interest as an adventurer. Uh, it didn't really stand out outside of. Well, actually, I'm gonna change it up. I was gonna say one thing. No, I will. I'll say what I was just gonna say. <laughs> it, just the name that caught my eye more than like visually the Loose Cannon River. The Loose Cannon River, which uh, is like runs almost along the Warring border. Yeah. yeah. Just that the name kind of... of the river? Yeah. Do you have a question? Or no, yeah. just... uh, why is it named the Loose Cannon? We'll river? have to figure that out. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll have to figure it out, Reese. I, I don't mean to sit here and tell you that I don't have an answer because I definitely uh, do. I was going to say that, but I, I was going to say that I, I was going to bring it up, but I figured that was a uh, that was a plot, a plot thing that we got to go visit the Loose Cannon River and figure out why. It's not even a plot thing. It's just something really funny and cool that I made up that I thought would be fun for you guys' characters. So I'll let you guys find it and figure it out if you do. Perfect. Uh, so we're going to move on to the only island on the map. Aben. Uh, Reese, your guys from Aben, go ahead and uh, Andrew can go ahead and just take this one off. Reese, uh, you just... No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah it's uh, the best continent to be from. <laughs> so, Aben is the uh, island continent in the middle. Uh, I'm looking yeah, at it here. Aben is an island continent of islands, actually. Yeah, I was going to say, there's uh, a lot of rivers, and actually, it, it is an actual archipelago here, a group of islands, which is fun that they've built bridges uh, between the islands as well so these bridges has got to be uh these bridges got to be pretty crazy huh yeah some of these bridges are some of the biggest i've uh put in a map besides in arc three i've put two bridges in arc three that are just beyond colossal in size you know these bridges span here in aben they span maybe 100 to 150 miles 
the ones in arc three little teaser for everybody listening for the players uh those bridges in arc three span like 350 miles long oh my god that's a big bridge big big bridge very big fucking bridge that's as wide as our state jesus um so there's a lot of towns here let's just get that yeah. out of the way uh Aben has a shit ton of towns like compared to other places uh there are a lot of towns uh i don't know if we have to quite get into each one right now i think we'll just do the looks like four major ones here we got the horbin kingdom ember main pride uh danu sath danagath tribe and the new goth the new goth tribe and the western horde let's just stick to those four and the rest we can kind of get to when we get to maybe we'll do infinite too since it's infinite is part of the horbin kingdom actually all right well let's start with the horbin kingdom then on the so, uh, eastern side the southeast island is the horbin kingdom and infinite uh party tell, town tell us about the the horbin kingdom and infinite andrew uh, the Horbin Kingdom, There now this is where there's actually twins. The Horbin Kingdom and Infini are uh, ruled by one of the twins, King Stormstar, but his twin brother literally, like, crybabied his way into getting his own castle when his father was ruler. And then they put the King's Harbor there just so uh, King Stormstar can head out. And uh, Prince Stormstar is the the baby not the baby brother but the twin brother that doesn't rule and he is just a straight up infinite is a party city you know during the day they work they do what they need to do to make it run you know there's smiths there's farmers that go out to these forests and you know do wood and stuff like that and farm i didn't make it on the map but there's definitely farmers because you can't have a kingdom without you know food and then during the night infinite just turns up they go it, it's the turn down for what so during you know the breakdown of turn down for what infinite is working their ass off and then when the beat drops infinite turns into there's fireworks there's you know parades every night or parties every night damn near everywhere in town or in the within the walls and then horbin kingdom is very much political and middle class lives there and that's where the rulers reside. They get everything done politically that they need done there. And then, you know, maybe sometimes a couple of the middle class people go down to Infinite for a week and just let loose. Uh, that's kind of all I got for a synopsis of the two brothers, but that's what happens within those two cities. I, as a player, Austin, think Infinite sounds fucking sweet. Uh, I, as a... Uh, PC Druid from the middle of nowhere thinks Infinite is fucking uh, somewhere I don't want to be. We'll see though. Maybe I'll have a good time with fireworks and stuff. This is yeah. uh, these two cities are where uh, Reese's characters from, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, either Horbin or Infinite Reese, right? Uh, Horbus is from Crater Lake, but it's right next to Infinite, so. Yeah, a little bit of unanswerable for Reese and for me right now with Crater Lake. All right, I was gonna ask, but I'm glad you uh, stopped me. Let's uh. Yeah, he's he's from the Horbin. I'm from Archipelago. That. Yeah. 
let's head to the uh, northeast, the Ember Ember Main Pride. Is this uh, Leon in here? This is. Uh, it's a major trading uh, city, but yes, this is uh, pure Leonin that are here and established. Uh, to the east of them, there's the Sun Toys Harbor, which is one of the families over in Vebruin, which we'll cover next episode. And the Landing Arage is actually one of the first Leonins that established Ebermain Pride. And with Raj was one of the uh, royals, Embermain. Embermain has been a ruling family as long as Vebruin's been established as a uh, political and military power. And Embermain Pride was, of course, named after the royal family. And these are where, you know, maybe a cousin of the king of... Uh, the Embermain Pride uh, rules in his stead, but there's uh what is it? I don't know what they're called, but not a king, but the herald, or like right I underneath the king. Yeah, I don't like know what a, they're called. Like a duke. Yeah, like a duke almost. Uh, you know, Duke Embermain, cousin of King Embermain, oh, ruler gotcha. of Abraham, is the uh, guy here that you know, oversees everything and makes sure nothing too crazy is going on. And Embermain Pride, this city also acts as a beacon of communication for what's going on in Aben back to Vabron. So not a spy network by any means, but just a, just a news report, a radio yeah, exactly. report uh, back to them. Yeah. But by letter. Okay. You guys got any questions about that or um No, I think I I'm I'm alright with it. I I, uh... I kinda figured out the Raj thing as soon as yeah. uh, I realized that it was like a Leonin area. Yeah. Yeah. That's understandable. But uh, so if you look at the other maps, you'll be like Raj Mahal, the landing or oh okay. Yeah. So we'll head west, we'll hop over a bridge. We'll go to the Danagath, Danugath tribe. Tribe. Very much not a city, but a tribe of the largest population over on the, uh, well, maybe the second largest because in the dunes, there's two uh, city towns north of the uh, label I made. Mm -hmm. And it's still the same island. Very, you know, together but far apart the dunugath is the most uh put together i could say of this island and it's just an island of tritons because i wanted to mix it up oh cool yeah these people learned you know how to live on the uh on land on surface oh so they're they're like land dwelling tritons yeah, I don't know if rules is written they are, like, they are able to do that or not able or whatever. I have no clue. I think so. I think, because you're, you could be a PC Trident. Yeah, I would assume, but yeah. it's just how it ended up on Aben. I was like, Triton sounds sick. And then there is a little bit of water genasi mixed in with the Triton tribe, so, so a little. So that's mostly, like, uh, just, ca like, little camps. Are they actually, like, organized? Do they have a leader or anything like that? Yeah, they have the leader. His name is uh, Vunos, and he's a Triton uh, 
uh war chief is the best way to put it since they don't have a a, a ruler here yet maybe they're just getting established i would say within like the last two to three hundred years they've been here and just haven't pushed out because to the north of them is desert and to the south of them there's a little established town in the forest and you know it's kind of hard to not step on someone's toes so they're just kind of sticking to their own sect uh on the map yeah i think aben is uh just map wise probably the most population like dense like there's just people everywhere on aben yeah, and it's very much a melting pot on Aben. There's everything. There's drow, there's hyals, there's gnomes, there's halflings, there's dwarves, humans, minotaurs, there's some orcs, you know, there's some uh, goliath. The only one that you'll find absent that's not on any other map are giants. Giants don't really have a place on something as small, but also as dense as Aben. You know, it might be hard to find a place to live. Mm -hmm. And so you you know unless you find a water giant that's just living in a river there's gonna be probably no giants on aben all right and then the last big city slash uh settlement i should say the western horde uh looks like a pretty big uh i'm guessing orc encampment uh you would think orc, but it's actually just exactly what I listed with the races. You know, maybe outcast or badasses or traitors or assassins. But, you know, it's every race that you can think of where someone just found, you know, maybe they didn't fit in and halad her over by the Horvin Kingdom. Or maybe a triton from the Duganoth tribe wanted a little bit more and he left. And he found a place in the Western Horde. And the Western Horde is you know maybe mages fighters just regular people that wanted someplace else to live and fit in and that's what the western horde is it's a little bit outcast and also a little bit of yeah you can live here and no one's gonna give a shit kind of thing <clears throat> do they have a leader are they organized at all or is it just come here and fucking chill and hang out with us uh, I believe I did make a leader. Yeah, the Western Horde is ruled by Minotaur. His name is Storm Stomp. War Chief Storm Stomp. That's as far as I got with his name because, you know, again, I didn't want it if you guys yep. didn't get somewhere. But King, uh, War Chief Storm Stomp is the, uh, the, mm, the, the toughest guy here, I should say. It's ruled by... Who's got the most muscle or, yeah. you know, who's most magic. That's what that's what I was just kind of picturing in my head was, like, at any point someone could walk up to Stormstomp and fucking challenge him and just be the leader of the fucking Western Horde. Yeah, but then when you do that, one thing about the Western Horde is if you step on one toe, they might have friends within yep. the Horde that if you step on his toe, you step on their feet. Yep. So you don't know who you're entirely messing with in the Western Horde, unless you do your homework. You, you see uh, anything anything you want to talk about, Reese? I want to talk about this uh, abandoned lighthouse slash mage tower down here. I already asked about that. Did you? Privately. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah, is that something, uh, any non-spoiler things? It looks cool. Is it a mage tower? I think Reese can answer. <gasps> what is it, Reese? Uh, 
Spill your remember. fucking beans now. Also, tell me what's in Crater Lake. What are you hiding? I literally don't remember anything about the tower. I just remember asking about it. Bastard. Okay, so I, I'll answer for the tower. Uh, because I'm a, a, a poor geographer, the tower's there, but it's shrouded in mist, and I just didn't know how to make that on the map. So yeah. it's very much like, you know there's a lake, but you don't know there's an island there. So oh. as players, you see it. As characters, you won't see it because it'll very much be if you're on the shores of the lake next to the forest, there's just mist. And even as tall as the tower is, and maybe that's a little too big because I didn't know how to scale it in the map. So, it, you know, it shows up but doesn't show up. You yep. know what I mean? Yep. I don't think it's that big by any means because there's no way it's bigger than a mountain to the left of it. <laughs> but it's definitely there. And as a play, as a player, I can tell you that the tower is shrouded in mystery. No one really ever fucked with it because... You know, they don't know it's there. They just mm. see a misty lake when they go there. Or a fog lake. Foggy is the thing I was looking for. I like that. Yeah, I That's... remember you explaining now that it was like my guy was told to stay away from it or something like that, maybe. Yeah, your dad told you to stay away from it when you guys were, uh, you know, just tra going on a trading route thing or whatever we said in the one-on-one. -on -one. That you're like, you know, oh, that's cool. And then your dad was like, yeah, don't do that. <laughs> Everybody listen to your dad. His dad's pretty cool. Exactly. Dad gang. Dad um, gang. Let's go. I like that. I like having a very mysterious tower. Would I'm it be like known? Is it like a thing of like legend around here that there's a, there is a tower there? Or does no one know? I would think uh, more, I, you know, I might have to back up a little bit. I think a legend maybe gotcha. is the most closest that someone could be like, yeah, it was there. I just, I don't remember. You know what I mean? Yeah. People know there's something there. They're just not sure what really. Yep. Yeah. Maybe you don't want to People try to it. go and don't come back. Exactly. <gasps> uh, my vote for Aben, uh, just looking at the map here. My vote for Aben is this is the place we're all going to die, and I'll tell you why. There's a lot of people here. I feel like our group is not made for interacting with people. I uh, feel like we're going to step on a lot of toes in Aben, which is going to cause some conflict, but that's always fun. Also, I see two deserts, and everybody knows that within D&D, &D, if you go through a desert, uh, you just you could die. Deserts are just uh, really hard, uh, hard to traverse within the game itself. Yeah, rules is written. Deserts suck ass. Yeah, so that's why that's so far. Uh, I have Brubor as the most stuff to do. I have Itrix as the most fun thing to do, and uh, Aben is got my vote for death. Death to PCs. Uh, Aven's where you go to party down. That's, yep, that also plays into the PCs dying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I stand by my statement. <laughs> yeah, I'm still in. Uh, we're going to go to Infini and party down and then all wake up in a fucking dungeon somewhere. 
Um, Alright, well, I'm gonna go ahead and delete that yeah. sentence now. Never mind. <laughs> well, fuck, there goes that storyline. Austin's expecting it. Uh, anything else you wanna touch on, Reese? Anything else you wanna... This your this your home, buddy. Anything else you wanna inform people about, maybe that we've missed or skipped over? Are we gonna talk about Crater Lake or no? Nah. Yeah, you guys seem real fucking secretive about it, so I guess not. Finally, Unless, keep your secrets, Reese. If Reese wants to spill the details, that's well, on Reese. I just thought maybe you were changing something up or something, but no, no, no. 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 We can we can talk anything, we can talk about Crater Lake. Whatever, Reese is good good and ready to talk about Crater Lake. Yeah, Crater Lake is too cool for me to talk about and spill someone else's beans. So I can't say nothing. Cove, then. What are you gonna ask about? Catcher's Cove. Catcher's Cove. It's just a place where they catch really big fucking fish. Uh, I'm going there. I'm going to Catcher's Cove. You got me, you son of a bitch. I'm in. You don't have to describe it any more than that. Yeah, it's just a shark. Possibly. You could catch a, you know, a shark people and then they're like, hey, what the fuck? Or, you know, you could catch <laughs> just a super huge salmon and you're like, well, I guess I'm eating salmon for a fucking week. That's awesome. Yeah, it's just that, 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 that's what I got written for Catcher's Cove. I'm not going to expand on it. How it her? Smells like fish, maybe. That's about it. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, that sounds <laughs> awful. <laughs> uh, I think that'll wrap up, Aben. Yeah, unless you guys got more questions. I got more answers, possibly. I'm good. You good, Reese? And if anybody... Yeah. Uh, also, if the listeners have any questions about what we've been going over in these next few podcasts, if you want Andrew to clarify anything, just let us know. Send us uh, send us all your questions on all our social medias, and we'll include them into the next episodes and clarify things for you. Yeah, I think that might be it. And then maybe next week when we do the other geography thing, we'll have those emails. Yeah, next week we're going to go over the last four kingdoms. We're going to do some Otis, some Vabrun, some Erath, and some Latoon. Hey, look at me. Uh, rhyming and yeah. shit. Bars. Uh, <laughs> uh, what do you think, Reese? What uh, Out of these three, which one are you most ready to play as a player? Which one piques your interest the most and why? All right. All right. <laughs> How about you, yeah, Andrew? Andrew, which one do you hope, out of these three, which one do you hope we interact with the most? Like, what do you have? I know you have your favorites. Like, you can't even lie to me. Uh, out of these three, which one is your is going to be your favorite to run as a DM? Run as a DM? I yeah. want to see you guys pull the strings in the Quavier Dynasty. In Just... And yeah, in Brewboard, just to see who you piss off and who you are, you know, if you pull the string in someone's favor or multiple houses' favor, I just want to see what happens because I leave a lot up to dice, and I just, I just want, you know, just someone to pull maybe the wrong string for one house and the right string for three houses, or you know, reverse. You pull the string for one house that's like, thanks, that helped us, and then three houses are like, 
what the fuck <laughs> exactly i'm that oh god or I think, yeah brewboar is i'm looking forward to brewboar interacting with that continent the most i believe out of these three or, or beyond the wall because there's then beyond the wall that's where my imagination map gets to take over Ooh. and then anything can be there i like i like just the words beyond the wall that makes that's that gets me excited as a as a player the, yeah the unknown yeah one of those two definitely well those are definitely top two i want to see what happens if you guys interact with either one of those and also we want to hear from the play we want to hear from the listeners out of these three which ones are you guys looking forward to the most which ones interest you guys the most which ones would you want to play as a pc in go ahead and find us uh on rollfordamage.squarespace.com twitter's at roll underscore the number four underscore damage uh instagram is dm and crew of r4d go ahead and hit us up on all those uh and facebook is just roll for damage facebook is just roll for damage go ahead and find us and uh we'll be coming back you like that transition that was nice huh uh we'll be coming back next week we're gonna be visiting the next four places we're gonna be doing some more exposition dump of this world and try build some hype for this next campaign yeah i'm already hyped i'm gnashing at the bits to get to this we are very very excited for it we'll finish the finale of lepeth and we're gonna jump in whole hog onto this campaign it's gonna be great i can't wait so uh for now i guess that's just uh our cue yeah Uh, see you later bye have a good one see ya